Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read two verses to you, so if you would stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God this morning. If you would stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God this morning. Two verses, Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at two verses, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and verse 6. And so the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You may be seated. There are clearly two ways of thinking, and the thoughts of men are not the thoughts of God. The thoughts of men are not the thoughts of God. And the Scriptures clearly teach us this. There's a passage in the Old Testament. That passage in the Old Testament is Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. And God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God thinks differently than we think. God had a plan to take souls to heaven before sin even entered into the world. He already had a plan in place. When I look to the Scriptures, the Scriptures teach us that our mind can become distorted when we avoid truth and live by our own words or the words of men. I remember when I was growing up, oftentimes I'd be around men and they would say this statement, if it doesn't kill you, it only makes you stronger. No, sometimes people were crippled by what they did. And the fact is, is that there is truth and there is lies, amen? And believe me, there is black and there is white. And when we go to the Scriptures, you can see the black and white written on the pages. And the truth is the truth and a lie is a lie. The truth is, is Jesus Christ died for our sin. The truth is that God sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The truth is, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. The truth is that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And by the way, baptism doesn't take you to heaven. Church membership doesn't take you to heaven. Having your name on a church roll doesn't take you to heaven. Being confirmed doesn't take you to heaven. What takes you to heaven is you have to have a personal relationship with someone named Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And when I go to the Bible, God says, your ways are not my ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And you know the Bible says this. There are many people who say there is no God. Yet the Bible even addressed that, did it not? The fool has said in their heart there is no God. <laughs> Isn't that amazing that God even addressed that? And by the way, the Bible says, in the beginning, God. <laughs> Amen? Amen? He didn't say in the beginning a Big Bang Theory. He said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. We have an amazing God. Amen. When I look into the Scriptures, to avoid the worldly way of thinking is to delight in the Word of God and allow it to transform the way you process information, the way you view the world. <laughs> and God wants us to view it through the lens of the Scriptures, not through our own eyes. And by the way, our faith does not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, it tells us over in 2 Corinthians. Amen? And so God says there's a wisdom which cometh from above that's first pure, then peaceable, and fully entreated, and it's without hypocrisy. And God gives us something as believers. And listen to me. Everybody is searching for something, and that's something that is void in our lives most of the time. And the majority of the time is our relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're here this morning, you're saved. Can you say amen? amen. 
But if you're here this morning and you're without Jesus Christ, there's a void in your life and you're trying to fill it with something and what you need to fill it with is Jesus Christ. By the way, God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. God has a plan. And his name is Jesus Christ. You know, in the Bible it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. You know, if you're here this morning and you're saved, you ought to be excited to walk in the word of God. You ought to be excited to say, you know what God's Word says, and that's what I delight in. I'm going to head in that direction. But when you realize that distortion is that action of giving misleading account or an impression, and then you can see how the world and the flesh and the Satan are truly the ones that lead us to believe in the ways of man. And man wants you to believe that you are in control of your own destiny. I saw something posted on Facebook the other day. And so I want to get some men up here. Steve, James, come on, Jim. Brother Chris, come on up here. Jack, come on over here. I want you to just kind of line up here. Brother Darrell, come on up. Brother Jimmy, stand up here. I want you to get in a straight line, just in a straight line, just in a straight line, just line straight up. Do you guys know how to do that? Anybody here in the military? Good night, Brother Darrell. You better straighten them out. <laughs> All right, get in a straight line. Come down this way so you can line straight up in a straight line. <laughs> Jimmy didn't want to be in front. Did you see that? I think I ought to put him up front now because he darted to the back. He's like, no, I ain't being his illustration. Come on up here, Jimmy. <laughs> so we're in a straight line. I saw this on Facebook the other day. I don't know if any of you saw this or not, but here's the thing. God says it's appointed unto men once to die. And after that, the judgment. Now, I want to I tell you something. There's not a single solitary person in here right now that's not in this line. And guess what? <laughs> you don't get to trade places. You don't get to trade out with someone else. You don't get to move ahead, and you sure enough aren't moving back. <laughs> but I promise you this one thing. Every person in here has an appointment one day. It's appointed unto men once to do what? Die. Everybody's in this line. Every person in this room and in this town, in this county, in the United States and around the world is standing in that line. When's it my turn? Well, I don't know. God could call Chris home now, and he's out of here. Guess who's in line next? James says, no, 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 I don't want to be next. I want to go back there with Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy read the verse that says those who are last will be first. <laughs> right? So he thought he was getting out of here sooner, Cheryl. <laughs> he said, man, I don't even want to be a part of this illustration. <laughs> so now it's James's turn. Guess who else is in line? I'm ready. It's his turn. It's Daryl's turn. Steve, Jack. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with him. He should keep me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Cheryl said. I know it should still keep me. No, she said I should keep you. Oh. oh. Get out of here, Jimmy. <laughs> Here's the thing. Whether you know Jesus Christ as your Savior or not, you're in that line. Did you hear what I just said? Amen. Whether you know Jesus Christ as your Savior or not, you're in that line. Well, when's it my turn, preacher? It's appointed unto men wants to die. I don't know, nor do you. You see, that's why there's security in Jesus Christ, isn't there? Amen. And so we know 
And I know October 12, 1995, I ended up standing in that line, but I had something that some people that are standing in that line are without. His name's Jesus. On October 12, 1995, I prayed and I asked Jesus Christ to save me. Now, I want to tell you something. This man standing before you never intended to be a preacher. I had plans in life and I had things I wanted to do and places I wanted to go and, and things I wanted to achieve in my life. And God took my life and he turned it in a different direction. And now I stand before people preaching the word of God. Now, today, there's nothing I'd rather be doing than preaching the word of God at Calvary Chapel Baptist Church in Minster, Ohio today. People need the Lord. So what is it that he's teaching you this morning? Well, you know, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Did you know that's in the Bible? There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That word death is spiritual separation from God. That's the word hell that we find in the scriptures. And there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Well, you know, preacher, there's many ways to get to heaven. Oh, no, 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 no. There is one way to get to heaven. And there is only one name that gets you into heaven. Amen. There is only one name whereby ye must be saved. His name is Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's no other way to get there. When I look to the Scriptures, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Well, listen, I'm in control of my own destiny. No, you're not. You're in a line just like everybody else is. And it doesn't matter how much money you have or how little money you have or what your social status is or even what title you've been given since you've entered into this world. Everybody's in that line. And when I look to this and I see this, what are you doing to keep your mind upon the Savior and the Word? Well, listen, if you're not saved, Jesus is probably not on your mind. But do you know those of you that are in here that are saved, Jesus ought to be on our mind, amen? Amen. It ought to be something that we're thinking about continually and to avoid falling into the trap of what I call distorted thinking this morning. And by the way, distorted thinking leads to sin. Listen to what I just said. Distorted thinking leads to sin. Distorted thinking leads to sin, doesn't it? When I look at this and this distorted thinking that we have in our country today, it leads to a lot of sin. But here's what I want to challenge us. Allow the Lord to use His Word in your heart, in your mind, and in your life this morning. I'm going to share some things with you from the Scriptures, and I believe this is the Word of God. Amen? God wrote this. He used men to pen it, but God wrote this book. Men have tried to uh, conquer this book for years. Men have tried to do away with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hey, listen, man wants rid of this book because when we open it, it's a true mirror that really we hold up and we see ourselves as we really are. Amen? Amen? And so when I open this book, it shows me who I really am, and sometimes I don't like who I really am, and God has a different plan for my life, and I have a plan for my life, and God says, here's the plan I have for you. It starts with his name, Jesus Christ. So keeping your mind on the Lord requires you to do something. One of the things that the Bible talks about, it talks about the flesh. It tells us to avoid the flesh. Now, he's not talking about just this stuff that's the skin all over my face. You ever, anybody ever see Keith Richards? How many of you know who Keith Richards is? Now, you can lie and say no. You can tell the truth and say, I remember the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Keith Richards had done so many drugs and done so much stuff to himself that it actually looks like he has just something pulled over a skull. <laughs> God's not talking about this. 
He's talking about something else. You know, there's a world philosophy. There's the flesh, how I want to think. And God told us in the beginning, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God's talking about the flesh is, is I want my own way. There's a thing called carnality. It's being carnal. It's thinking with the ways of the world and away from God. So God said, avoid the flesh. You know that the other thing that he told us is to think in the spirit. You say, what is the spirit you're talking about? Do you know the Bible teaches us something? Jesus went out one night and he was talking to a man named Nicodemus and that man Nicodemus and him got together over in uh, John there in chapter 3. And by the time he gets down there to verse 8, he says, you must be born you got to be born again. And even Nicodemus said, what am I going to do? Go back up into my mother's womb? And he said, no, you must be born of water and the Spirit. By the way, when a lady has a child, they break her what? Water. <laughs> That's not baptism. Water. They break her water, and then you're physically born. Right. And so the Bible teaches us you must be born again. And so God teaches us that there are two births. There is physical birth, and there's a spiritual birth. But do you know what? If you're born twice, you're only going to die one time. If you're born twice, you're only going to die once. Physically die. If you're born again, the Bible says that you belong to God now. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to go back to this verse, and I'm going to come back to what I was just sharing with you. He said, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. It's what I want, how I want it, when I want it, as often as I want it. It's about me. This world's about me. Everything should be surrounded around me. How many of you have gone to a kid's birthday party and watched them sometimes, amen? It's their birthday. You know what was a bummer for me? My younger sister was born four years after me on the same day, Daryl. Good night, man. I said, four years apart. And Miss Fisher, it robbed me of my birthday. It was all about Lisa then because she was so cute, and I wasn't anymore. I had a broken tooth and funky hair, and, you know, they're taking video, and they're like, let's get away from that. You know what I mean? But you ever watch a kid at a birthday party? What are they like? It's all about them, isn't it? And they are honed in on, this is my day. And so what it is, is they're kind of in the flesh. Would you agree? Because <laughs> it's all about them. And so we see things that way. God says to avoid the flesh. So here's the thing. Avoid thinking that, well, we just live this life and we die. I used to be that person, Brother Chris. I used to be that guy. I used to think, well, you just live and then you die. There isn't anything else. You know, that's a pretty sad way to live. He said, for the wages of sin is death. That's that spiritual separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, he's talking to Nicodemus, remember? And he told Nicodemus, she must be born what? You got to be born again. You know, <laughs> if you're born twice, you're only going to die physically. But spiritually, you're going to live for eternity with God in heaven. But if you're only born once, physically, you're going to die twice. You're going to physically die. And then it says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Avoid thinking in the flesh. God's ways are higher than our ways. 
When the word flesh is being used in this passage, it's speaking of me choosing to do things my own way. To be in the flesh is to be in a spirit of what I would call sinfulness. If you look at verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. When he's talking about being in the flesh, we're thinking with our carnal mind. We're thinking for ourselves. And as I already shared with you, there is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of flesh, uh, death. And he says, and when you live in the flesh, it causes you to walk in the ways of man. Look at verses 7 and 8 in this same chapter. He said in verse 7, he said, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That word enmity is sinfulness, wickedness against God. And so he said this about the carnal mind. And he said, God, uh, it says, God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot. Now listen to what I'm about to tell you. It's in the Bible. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. The flesh can't please the Lord. You can't do it. So what is this distortion I'm talking to you about? Well, to live and walk in the flesh, I call it a downward spiral. You get in a downward spiral, you start having some distorted thinking. Distortion is the idea of manipulating, it's falsification, it's lying, it's swerving, it's spinning a story, it's altering what's been said. And man has been trying to do that with the Word of God since God invented man. <laughs> since he created us and made us, man's been trying to pervert the Word of God. And so we see this distortion this distortion is, is that I read the Word of God, I listen to man, I obey myself, my carnal mind, I obey myself, and I ignore God. That's the flesh. To be carnally minded is death, is what the Bible says. To think with myself, that's death. So distortion, that's twisting things. And to live in the flesh, you will ha you'll be living a distorted life. I, I, I look at it this way. People who live that kind of life, sometimes they're constantly having to change and distort things. They're always lying and telling somebody untruths and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, an untruth is a... And by the way, there is no white lie. There's just lying. That's what the Bible says, doesn't it? And so when you look to the Scriptures, there's none of this. And so when I look at this, to live in the flesh, you will have to distort how you think. Let me tell you something, Romans 1.25. The Bible says this about mankind, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. Do you, how many of you see that happening today? We worship the creature more than we do the Creator. I've watched men, and not that I'm for beating dogs or doing anything wrong with dogs, but I've watched people go to jail for a longer period of time for hurting a dog than they have gone for killing a man. That's distorted. That's distorted thinking. When you look to the Scriptures and you see there's a way to live and God teaches us and you see people who are worshiping trees and plants and animals more than they're worshiping the one that created them. Because the Bible said in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, did He not? And in a six literal days God created the heavens and the earth and everything that is therein and on the seventh day he rested, but man wants me to believe that something came from nothing. You know, folks, that's harder for me to believe. Now listen, I'm not bragging, 
I have had an education. I went to college, and I'm not talking about just Bible college. I sat in classes. I listened to pragmatism. I listened to philosophy. I listened to psychology. I did well in school, and I listened to all that stuff. And today, that is nothing but a bunch of bunk. That's right. There's a God who is in heaven. Amen. I remember when I was a child, and I was sitting there, and they told me I came from a monkey. And I asked the question of the teacher. I remember his name today. His name was Mr. Hamilla. I said, Mr. Hamilla, can I ask you a question? If we came from monkeys, why are monkeys not walking out of the woods today and standing up straight? Shut up, Warnick. <laughs> That's what came out of his mouth. Well, I know teachers can't talk to kids that way today, but back in the day, they even paddled us. <laughs> With a paddle. Not with, put your nose in the corner now, Johnny. <laughs> to avoid the flesh and living in the flesh, you've got to change your thinking. You know, the Bible says this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's an amazing verse, isn't it? Amen. God told us to start thinking with Him. So it all starts with changing the way you think. You can't think in the flesh. The Bible says right here, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So let me share this thought with you. If you mind the things of the flesh, you're going to be carnally minded. Even Christians who walk and think with the flesh, you're going to react in the flesh. You're going to behave in the flesh. You're going to do things in the flesh. You must use the Word of God to keep your mind on the Savior well, something happens to us when we get saved. It's not hard. It's pretty simple. And by the way, it just comes down to a choice. You know, at one point in my life, I chose to drink and to go to rock concerts and destroy my life and, and, and uh, curse and behave like a, like a heathen. I chose to do that at one point. So then I thought, Brother Chris, after I went to work, I wanted to become sophisticated, so I quit drinking beer and started drinking hard liquor with the rest of the guys because <laughs> it's more sophisticated to drink that stuff more sophisticated, Brother Bill. So I put on a suit and a tie and I was going to work and I was a sophisticated drunk. <laughs> and so I began to do that. And then something happened to me on October 12, 1995. I was in a room. I was ready to divorce this beautiful woman right here. I wouldn't know what to do without her today. Or the one sitting beside her. And God got a hold of my heart. I lied to her to get married, by the way. She asked me if I was saved. I was clu I had no idea what that meant. I was like, yeah, I'm saved. <laughs> Look at her. I'll be anything you want. Preacher said, are you saved? I said, yeah. So he married us. She said the only reason God allowed her to marry me is because she wasn't walking with the Lord at the time. Uh-oh. Now look what you got. <laughs> Something happened to me on October 12, 1995. I was sitting in a room, and the gentleman that was in there with me was Eugene Nichols. He was the pastor at Loudoun Baptist Temple. And in that room that day, he was sitting there, and I asked him a question, and he began to take his Bible, Brother Jim, and he was sitting there with his Bible, and he said, well, let me show you this. And he started turning around to me like this. And when he did, I'm going to close your book. Is that okay? Take care. Okay. 
I'm going to let you have it, man. <laughs> I closed that book, and I took that book, and I said, I am tired of every time I ask you a question, all you do is open that stupid book and try to give me an answer out of it. I want to know what you think. <laughs> he sat there, and I watched my pastor. I love him to death. He's going to be out here in October. I can't wait for you all to meet him. Precious man of God. And he had that in front of him now, and he opened it like this, and he put his head down, and he looked up at me. And he said, can I show you something? <laughs> What did he think? My Christ. Amen. That day, he looked at me and said, Bob, let me ask you a question. If you were to die today, do you know for sure if you go to heaven? I was a 30-year-old man. I was in the business world. I had a crew of 50 under me. I was a director in an organization and I'd moved up the corporate ladder very fast. And I was at this table with this man talking to me about this Jesus. And I broke. Amen. And I remember weeping. And my heart was so heavy, Brother Darrell. I thought, what happened? And he said, Bob, let me show you something. He opened up the scriptures and he told me about a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. On October 12, 1995, I prayed and I asked Jesus Christ to save me, Jack. Oh, what I'm doing today, I didn't plan on being up here. <laughs> God did. I didn't. He changed my life. You see, what God taught me that day is now I need to think in the spirit. I want you to look at something with me in this passage again. For to be carnally minded is death, he tells us. But he says in verse 5, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And then in verse 6 he says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. <laughs> I remember walking out of there. I didn't even know what happened. Except for I had bowed my head and I said, Lord, I believe that I'm a sinner. And God, I believe what I deserve for my sin is death and hell. And Father, the best I know how, I want to trust Jesus Christ and Him alone to take my soul to heaven when I die. And I looked up, and Pastor Nichols looked at me. He said, do you believe that? I said, oh, yeah. I remember walking out of there, and I was down there, but I felt like I was walking up here. <laughs> I walked out of there that night, and my wife stunned, and she goes, I thought you were saved. I said, No. She goes, well, you sure didn't act like it either. <laughs> Keeps me in my place, Brother Bill. Think with the Spirit. To be spiritually minded is a person who's not their heads are in the clouds, but it's allowing their thoughts to turn toward what God has said. Are you with me? Amen. So what does the Bible say about that? What does it teach? Let me give you a couple of things. He said in Hebrews 4.12, he said, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is the discerner and, uh, uh, of the thoughts, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word cuts deep, doesn't it? It gets down to how I think. 
man, I don't like that. Well, those that are in the flesh think in the flesh, right? But those that are in the spirit think in the spirit. And so God says, I want you thinking in the spirit. And a Christian will become spiritually malnourished, and listen to me, and, and produce a spiritual famine in your life if you stay out of the Word of God. So if the action that you're taking is, is I don't need to read my Bible, I want to tell you the Bible says something very different about that. He tells us something over in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to be in the word of God. If you're saved, you should be reading your Bible. In fact, it says you need to study it, doesn't it? That's the answer. (laughs) Well, you might get spiritually malnourished because you avoid praying. And I'm going to tell you, don't be a person that avoids praying. Pray. In fact, if you're saved, the Bible says pray without ceasing, doesn't it? In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, he tells us to continually come to him and pray. That we pray and faint not. In other words, we don't give up on our prayer time. And he tells us to enter into our prayer closet and to pray to him. And listen, he is a God that answers prayer. That's who I serve. Well, maybe your action is, is I don't need to be around a bunch of Christians. So I'm going to abstain from that. That's a lie from the pits of hell. You know what the answer is? 1 John 1, 6 and 7. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We have fellowship one with another. Is that not what the Bible says? We have fellowship one with another. And he says in that passage in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. Maybe your action is, is I don't have to be in church to be a Christian. That's a lie. That's a lie. I can prove to you over and over again. And the Bible says, husbands love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. If Jesus died for it, it's got to be of some value. Amen? Amen. He died for you and me. We are the church and we are to fellowship one with another. We're not to stay away from each other. We're to be together. And then you know what the answer is? not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as we see the day approaching. You know, I, I look at this list. It's not an extensive list, but if you say, I'm going to do what I believe I ought to do, and I'm, I'm going to do it my way, I'm telling you, you're headed for a downward spiral. <laughs> you're headed for a downward spiral. You may be in one already. So what does the Bible teaches us. What does it bring Christians to think? When we're in that downward spiral, he said in Psalm 19, 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God wants us to meditate and think with him and to walk with him and to do those things that are pleasing to him. That only happens as we walk with him. God does not want us obeying the flesh he wants us obeying the Spirit, Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world. Listen to this. And be not conformed to this world. Let me say it one more time. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world. It's not talking about the shape of my body looking like a globe. He said, be not conformed to this world, but listen to what that verse says. But be ye transformed. When I am transformed, I am changing from one thing to another. Amen? Amen. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. It's changing thinking, isn't it? Amen. We've got to start thinking with God. 
and not thinking for ourselves, not thinking in the flesh, not being carnally minded, not thinking for what I want to do, but thinking with God. And then he tells us this in 2 Corinthians 5.17, and I'm here to tell you, Christian, listen to me very closely, because this has to do with those of you that are sitting out there right now that have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Bible clearly says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen? Amen. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New things have changed, haven't they? I'm not walking in my old ways. I got a new path. I got a new leader. I got a God in heaven who loves me. I got a Jesus who died and saved me. I got a God who desires for me to walk with him. And my thoughts are not his thoughts, and my ways are not his ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts, and his ways are much higher than my ways. Walk in the Spirit. You know, folks, avoid falling into that trap of distorted thinking. Distorted thinking leads you to sin. You say, what's distorted thinking? It's thinking like man thinks. (laughs) It's thinking that we came from apes. It's thinking that, 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 that in fact, uh, uh, God didn't really create us. A big bang theory happened. That's distorted thinking. That's the ways of man. Yet the Bible teaches us something very clearly. You must use the Word of God and keep it on your mind. I have this last thought and I'm done. Stay spiritually minded, which brings life and peace. Look at verse 6 with me. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When you put the Word of God into action, it brings peace. There's a calmness. When I was growing up, we had two house fires. There were ten kids in my family. I had five brothers and four sisters, ten of us. We had two house fires. The first one, we just lost everything. And, and, and Dad, you know, he was just kind of beside himself. In the second one, my dad had moved the majority of us to Illinois. We were attending the First Baptist Church in Hammond. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Brother Howes' church out in Hammond, Indiana. We were attending church out there, and my uncle and my aunt had rented the home. And my sister was living there. Well, her and her husband were living there, and my sister was eight months pregnant. And uh, they were getting ready to get their house finished up, and they were staying with my aunt and uncle. My aunt and uncle had three boys, Rusty, Donnie, and Chip. (laughs) And we got a call in January that the house had burnt to the ground. But the words to follow, my sister died, and so did her baby. And two of those little boys died in the fire. It's hard. I watched my mom and dad. They were going to church, but I watched my mom and dad, and they had no peace. I mean, the anguish, I don't know if you've ever been to that place in your life where the anguish is so heavy. It's so hard, and it hurts so much. And my sister was gone, and my cousins were gone, and I was a 12-year-old boy. And I thought, man, it's terrible. And I didn't have a peace. I didn't know how to fix it. I was watching everybody cry and moan and just sad. You know, my sister told me when she was younger, she said, you know, Bob, you need to know Jesus as your Savior. My sister Dora was the one that passed away. She used to tell me all the time, I need to get saved. (laughs) 
She's taking me on a church bus, Brother Chris. Took me to church at Bible Baptist Church in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and she'd take me to church and tell me, Bob, you need to trust Jesus. You need to trust Jesus. You need to trust Jesus. You know one of the things she told me? She said, Elvis Presley died in 1977, August, I think, 12th or something like that, 1997 or 1977. And she said, look at this. He's on the front cover of the newspaper, and he's all over the television. She said, Bobby, if that were you or me, we would probably just get a blip on the back page. You know what? Like a lightning strike. I got back to Uniontown, and they had the Herald Standard, and I picked up the newspaper, and my sister's picture was on the front page of the newspaper. Oh, it was sad. And you know, it wasn't until probably about maybe 15 years ago, even after I got saved, that a peace started to come over me. Because you know what? I was reminded that she told me she was saved. <laughs> and she used to tell me all the time I needed to get saved. And God reminded me that in my prayer time, a peaceful time. You know, whenever you look at this, it says in verse 6, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I'm going to give you two verses, and I'll finish with this this morning. In Isaiah 26.3, it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I trust the Lord. I hope you do today. I hope you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. See, apart from him, we're all in the line. How many of you understand that this morning? We're in the line. You don't get to trade places with anybody. You're in the line. And your day is coming, and there is a day of judgment coming. And God said there's two types of judgment. There's the judgment seat of Christ. That is where all those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior will stand before God one day. And they'll give an account for what they did in Jesus' name, but their soul is not in battle anymore. <laughs> and there's a thing called the great white throne judgment. <laughs> and the great white throne judgment is where everyone who has never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior will stand before God. And when they stand before God, they will stand before Him in one of two ways. We're going to stand before Him in salvation or we're going to stand before him in condemnation. And by the way, death is just as eternal as salvation is to the saved man eternal. There is no getting out of hell once you arrive. The Bible never in any spot, any time, ever teaches that a soul gets out of hell once it goes there. You come do a Bible study with me, I'll show you. You're either destined for heaven or you're destined for hell. You're in the line with me. You're in the line with me. Where are you going? The Bible says, Peace I leave you with, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In Philippians 4, 7, he said, In the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. Help me finish it. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Not going to happen any other way.
Let's pray.